Hey, you're listening to the Time and Talks podcast. I'm your host, Dejal V. Patel, and this is the place where we have refreshingly real talks about the biggest problems moms face in motherhood and life and the spiritual solutions to solve them. If you're ready to reset your mindset with some major truth bombs, well then, let's dive in. Hello, everybody. I am so happy to be back with you. And today we are pressing the reset button on control freak consciousness. Yes, I'm doing another pandemic inspired podcast because they've just been on the top of your mind and what you've been currently going through. So I want to support you live in what is happening in the heat of the moment. And before I dive into the control freak consciousness, I want to just let you guys know that on May 9th, I'm hosting a live book training for the Meditation for Kids book. So if you've purchased the book, I want to cordially invite you to the virtual book training. It is going to be in lieu of the live book event that I had planned, but this is okay because I'm so excited to be able to do a training that will help you understand how to use the tools, how to use the book, answer your questions so you really feel confident so that whenever we meet in person, you will have had experience. We will be that much more um, together as far as the journey is concerned. You've already have implemented it. So it's going to be a wonderful way uh, to connect and also really dive deep into bringing this Kids Can Meditate movement into real life and not just a good idea. So it's on May 9th at 1 p.m. Eastern standard time head over to meditationforkidsbook.com to save your seat go to upcoming events or you can go to thejilvpatel.com forward slash save your spot rsvp is required i certainly hope you're there it will be such a wonderful experience so today's topic like i said is all about pressing the reset button on control freak consciousness and a week ago or so, there was a World Book Day. Now, amateur author in me, I didn't even know there was a World Book Day. However, two lovely mamas had shared about the Meditation for Kids book and their gratefulness towards it. And the book that I shared was the book that has been really giving me so many wisdom bombs during this time. And it is The Universe Always Has a Plan by Matt Kahn. There are a few spiritual teachers that I really feel like can really stretch my limits. And Matt Kahn is one of them. He has such incredible videos. And when big things are happening or if I'm dealing with something personally, I always go to his videos to really see if there's some wisdom around it. So Matt Kahn, Sadhguru, Dr. Shafali Sabari, um, Marianne Williamson are some of my favorite spiritual teachers and Matt Kahn really is the next level spiritual teacher. So if you're on a spiritual journey already, a lot of the stuff that he'll say will really resonate. Sometimes it can go over your head though. And so I really wanted to share some of the greatest points from his book and it's a book about the 10 golden rules of letting go and the interesting thing was that very similar to similarly like the meditation for kids book I did not plan for this book to come out when it did but I am so grateful that it did in a sense because it's already made it so receptive to parents and teachers be like yes we want to teach our children the tools of meditation we want to build resilience in them we want them to have the tools to handle big emotions because we're realizing that life is largely out of our control it's unpredictable and when big feelings like 
anger, frustration, sadness, grief arise, which is a natural, natural and necessary part of life to growth, what do we do? How do we handle it without debilitating us? And so interestingly, the universe always has a plan. He said that this was a largely downloaded book and it came out early in, I think at end of March or beginning of April. And it's the same thing. When I was reading this, I was like, oh my gosh, this book was made for this time. Like, I just want to read the first a few sentences of the book. And it was just like, did he know about the coronavirus? And that's why he wrote the book. But it says, the first chapter, um, which is the introduction actually, it says, you've reached a turning point in your reality, a moment in time when the things that used to hold your interest failed to provide the comfort they once did. You may not know where things are headed, but you can clearly sense a withering away of how things used to be. It's a time of transformation where the dissolving of relationships or roles makes room for new experiences to be birthed. It is much like a spiritual form of empty nest syndrome, a time of big change and loss. This is the emergence of life's highest purpose, the birthing of a spiritually fueled reality. It's time to let go and leap as a miraculous new world takes shape around you. We've been brought together in this book for that very reason, to take these exciting steps forward into a new world brimming with the joy of emotional freedom that only letting go can provide. Doesn't that feel like he like knew what was going on and this book is just for this time? It is so filled with such simple wisdom. I actually recommend the book. It's a really short read, but if reading a book right now because of homeschooling and life is just so challenging, I really wanted to give you a cliff notes of some of some some of the key points in this book that you can really take away to help you move forward. I truly believe that this time right now, which I had shared before, is a massive initiation opportunity to go inward and unplug from all the places in our life that we have been failing to change, where we recognize that our routines, our patterns, our beliefs, the the roles, the people, the circumstances, we just became complacent in a way. And now there's this upheaval, this uproar, this jarring a uh, pattern shift that is causing us to relook at every aspect of our life and it's uprooted us and so it's times like this where when we fail to change on our own extreme environmental shifts need to happen in order for us to turn inward and this is all about going into the safe space in our home to heal the emotions to be released from the distractions outside of us whether it's the job or the commute or just whatever it may be, the people, maybe our parents cause us stress. We're just being with ourselves right now and to recognize and sit with the anxiety, the stress that's within us. And really realizing that all this time we were like, the external circumstances in my life is what's responsible for my stress. We've been giving away our power, that my job is stressful, my par parenting is stressful, my commute is stressful. Now we are jobless. We are with our children and all the time and we're experiencing stress still. So if we look at the external circumstances of our life constantly being the cause of stress, we're always going to be disempowered. We're always going to be at the mercy of what's happening outside of us. And what we realize is life is out of our control. So it's basically living a life that's on an emotional roller coaster or an emotional stock market. If you are waiting for out 
outside circumstances to be perfect or to be ideal or be exactly what you desire it to be in order for you to be happy, content, and fulfilled. And what we're recognizing is how do we find that fulfillment or that contentment or that peace despite the fact that everything around us is in chaos and uproar. And it's really this opportunity to go from this fear-based or control-freak consciousness of what if this happens? What if that happens? But I need to make this happen. But what if, what if, what if consciousness to the even if consciousness, the faith-based consciousness, that the universe has a plan consciousness. It's going for, to that even if this happens, I will be okay. Even if this happens, I will find my way. Even this ha- if this happens, it's helping me evolve and change in the greatest possible way. You don't have to like what's happening, but you can look at every circumstance around you is always always moving you towards a change that is for the better that is how the universe is set up it's towards evolution it's towards our highest growth so even though we might not like the change or what's been faced in front of us however we can grow from this and as you see we do have this adaptability energy to us i'm thinking of it now it's like six weeks in to the pandemic and we found this new routine we're finding our groove and now they're hearing the signs of okay we're gonna open up this the open up restaurants or open up society and I'm kind of like whoa I don't know if I'm ready to do that yet and the ego is never ready to let go once you start finding your groove it's like okay well I'm not ready to shift yet because I'm finding comfortability I'm finding it safe here now and so it's interesting because we do have that innate ability to adapt but we have to cultivate that ability to be accepting of change and recognize and be flowing with it instead of resistant to it. And I think that's what this time is teaching us. It's unraveling the ego, the sickest part of our planet, the sickest part of our psyche. And so this is the end of the ego-driven world, the patterns and the belief. It's not the end of our higher self. And so when we talk about, you know, things that are breaking down and the confines are breaking down, it's this rebirth process that can only happen through destruction. So we really have to let go of wanting to control every aspect of our life. We are now easing into kind of a routineless type of lifestyle, right? Where to-do lists are not dictating our life. We're easing into the flow of enjoying nature walks and being with our family and, you know, trying to find our groove with homeschooling and just making it, um, understanding our children's energy and kind of helping ourselves and our children. So it's very much an opportunity for us when the ego breaks down it's the emergence of our higher self this faith-based consciousness of believing you know what i don't have to like what's happening but i can accept what happens i can pivot i can accept what's happening and then okay what's my next step forward what can i do to adjust to this yeah i might not be comfortable but i can do it i can handle it it's that sort of resilient mentality. So whether you believe it or not, whether you're consciously on a spiritual journey, if you're in a physical human body, you are on a spiritual journey. You are here to evolve and grow and everything is here. Every circumstance, every relationship, every role is here to help you transition out of the ego and integrate you more into the soul. And so it's like taking you away from judging things and blaming things and seeing things from the ego's limited perspective into to a soul infinite possibility perspective and seeing that everything is a gift of opportunity and the universe 
always has a plan. So what I love um, about Matt Kahn, he like shares these great analogies. In one of his interviews that I saw with him, he said that, you know, what we've been forced into right now is like a global meditation retreat that nobody signed up for. And people like me or you, if you practice meditation or you do mindfulness or dabble in it, we in our previous life, I would say pre-COVID life, we always did it by free will. It was a choice that we made. You know what? I'm going to explore mindfulness. I'm going to explore sitting. So we wake up early and we sit in the silence and we learn to be still with ourselves, but we contain the environment of that what that happening. We made sure it was quiet. We go to a yoga studio. It was silent away from our kids. And for many of us, it's this meditation that we signed up for is like Metallica style meditation. It's like, whoa, it's, we are learning that now everybody's jumping on us. They're in our personal space. There's no, there's no moments of silence and stillness. It's like the loud music is constantly blaring and you have to find how to meditate. It's like taking that practice off the meditation mat into the motions of daily life, open-eyed meditation, what I like to say. And it's like, how do you, in the midst of the motions and the triggers and the emotions, meditate and find that meditative, focused and relaxed consciousness state. And then for some of us, this meditation retreat looks a little bit different. It's like, whoa, that's like, I'm used to the noise. I like distraction. That's like awesome. I love loud music. That is great. Um, but you're taking a bathroom, you're like, you know what? I need to go on a bathroom break. And then you go on the bathroom break and someone from the outside's like, Boop, lock the door, turn off the lights. There you go, guys. Here's your meditation retreat. For someone who's never been still with themselves, constantly on the go, 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 feel like meditation, I can't do that. I can't slow down. It's not worth for me to do it because it's going to make me lose my edge. These people are now being confronted with sitting in the silence and darkness of their thoughts and their emotions that they've never had to sit with because they've numbed themselves out or avoided or distracted or they had all these different things in play. And a lot of times these are the people who like the first week of the pandemic were like, let's jump on Zoom calls every single day, happy hour. It was hard for them to be with themselves because the stillness brings up these feelings of agitation, fear, anxiety, he, things that needed to be healed. So, you know, it's been a different experience for all of us. And it's for some of us, it's learning to be still and kind of navigating that. And for other of us, it's like, okay, it's really loud. How do you cultivate those skills that you've learned in a like confined um, setting now into like real life? Like you're really being tested. So, you know, it's, it's a state of disruption for all of us. Our nervous system has, has affected and felt the shift. It's going from this intense movement to now trying to find stillness. And really the ability to go, you know, being comfortable with stillness is simply showing how much the ego needs to be still integrated into your soul. So it, there's no higher or less than or superior or inferior. It's just the progression that we're in. And as we cultivate that stillness and start getting comfortable with it, like in the form of mindfulness and which is like kind of like an open eye meditation of like being here right now, being in the stillness, you know, taking those deep breaths or the closed eye meditation, which is all about 
really honing that mindfulness muscle and really sitting and doing and being, this is what we've been called to do. That this is our opportunity to turn within, tune into our energy and really understand what is it that we want to take out from this experience? Who do we want to be? How can we stand more in our truth? How can we be more authentic? Many of us connect with each other and show our, you know, our lesser than, our codependent, our our weakened state. Like, you know, when you stand in your power, other people are going to flutter. Their ego is going to get triggered by that. So it's really about like, who do you want to emerge out of this, even though it might stroke some people's egos because you're not going to be perceived as liked by everyone. Many of us have been holding on to that. You know, I need to be liked and, you know, not be rejected by people. I need to be um, in control of my life in order for it to go in the way that I want. Well, you know what? Life is really never going to be in our control. And I think it's shattering every area of us that we were holding on to it's breaking it open and it's different for all of us but in the larger scale it's like this global like reconditioning because grief and change and loss are the greatest catalyst of growth and evolution and so that's what we're learning at a at a global level of where we're getting faced with the most intense emotions, how are we going to ride through that? How are we going to start learning how to manage our energy, understanding what signs our body is trying to signal to us when there's stress and friction in our body and really how do we move through it? And that's what, you know, my book, The Meditation for Kids, it's really this now movement of building this practice in kids and in adults. So really the time is now and stillness can be one of our greatest teachers and we're going to get there. We're going to get there in movements um, and peri- you know periodically. As we teach our children, we're going to get there. As we find our own stillness, we're going to get there. And so one of the biggest reasons why we want to build this is resilience, right? And many times we have been thought that resilience essentially means is that when we go through tough things and we make it out on the other side, that's what makes you resilient. There was an interesting point that Matt Kahn had is that, you know, many of us think that, you know, we talk about vibration in spirituality or like I have a high vibe or low vibe when I'm positive or negative. It's like the more positive thoughts we have, the better things that should be coming up in our life. And so when something negative or something you perceive that you don't want to happen in your life, you're like, oh, it must be because I have a low vibration. And what he's trying to say is that no, life is going to happen regardless of what your vibration is, high or low. Instead, your vibration determines your level of resilience. What you're doing to plan in to boost your energy, how you quickly pick up yourself from an unexpected crash and how gracefully you move through the uncertainty is what is building of resilience without blaming anyone, without resisting it. That's resilience. And so meditation and this mindfulness and these breathings and these mindful movements and these yoga postures, I like to think of it as an iPhone. And what it really helps with is that you're plugging your iPhone in and when you put these deposits of, I'm going to do this breathing reset or I'm going to breathe and I'm going to sit in meditation, it's filling up your energy battery. Now, what does it, what quickly depletes your energy battery? It is anger. That will completely deplete it. And the other thing is like being around electronics. That, that, those, those waves will start 
dumping out energy such a quick level did you notice like how um like if you're on your phone for a long time it's like hard to focus even children being on the tv or ipads like it takes them a while because their energy has been completely depleted and stress is simply just showing us hey red flag 10 percent left on your battery so plug it in otherwise you're going to sh- your battery your phone's going to shut off and that's when we get into fight flight or freeze right that's when the stress response and the that's happened so really now like becoming aware of like plugging in and replugging every single day it's not like self-care is this once a month thing that we do or a once a week thing it's like this just like you pl- have to plug in your battery every single day on your iphone it's our constant replugging and refueling of energy we have to constantly refuel because things that happen like Every time something unexpected happens, it uses a little bit of our adaptability energy and then our energy level goes down. So over a period of time during the day, our moods are shifting. We're being faced with, you know, children that are tantripping that we have to like adapt to. And so, you know, when our, we're running on a real fuel, right, of course, sleep and food and um, making sure you're exercising and moving is very important to like boost those energies up, energy levels up. But that's not enough now. And so I think one of the biggest things in this process of like I shared was letting go of our old paradigm of what happiness was like this happiness seeking of outside of us of you know believing that our external circumstances when they're exactly what we want them to be or what we desire that's when we can be happy. I think what we're starting to learn now is that we can be content even when things and life doesn't show up exactly the way we want. And for me really you know I think that for for all of us on this journey, that will show up. Like life is not going to give you exactly what you want, but it'll always give you what you need. And for me personally in my journey, you know, I had a very, very tight vision of like how I wanted my life to look. And never in a million years did I ever picture myself as a boy mom like I would have two boys like I said that my life is going to be I'm going to have a son and a daughter in that order that's my life and so when I found out that I was having a second boy it really threw me for a loop that oh my gosh like did I not want it enough did I not manifest it like am I not good enough to receive it am I not going to be a good good mom a girl mom so the universe didn't want to give me that like am I being punished like all those different thoughts come in and then what I learned from that experience of like riding through it is that I'm not labeled you know this label of boy mom that I didn't like for her say is just a label and you know it's just whether whatever gender of my child like I've learned doesn't matter I'm so content I'm so happy with my life you know and it was really like when you don't get what you want and you realize that you can be content and happy and joyful you realize that hey life does not have to be the way that you want it to be in order to be a great life and so that's just one example in my own life but we're all experiencing that right now that life does not have to look exactly like what we envisioned it to be in order for us to be content and so really ease into that lesson that it's being called to teach us I think another big lesson is that adversity like how do we deal with adversity what energy do we bring to it and Matt Kahn talks in the book like hardships can be fast-tracked through moments of thankfulness you know when adversity enters our life it's usually through this intense happening of like change or loss 
And though change is a natural constant in life, this is something that scares us because whenever there's a change, there's the death of the ego because it needs to evolve into a higher self. And the ego is never ready for change. It will always say, I was never ready to let that go. I still needed more time because it's hard to pivot. And so, you know, when the current rhythm of our life has been disrupted, it's Time, it's like letting us know that, hey, it's time to grow and evolve and expand to the next level. And that's what it's trying to tell us. Like, hey, we've kind of been dragging our feet globally. We got to like really reshift this now and like kind of get you on the right track and um, kind of fast forward this a little bit. So what this what this happening with the pandemic is was just like a huge jarring rhythmic disruption to everyone. And when that happens, it simultaneously expands the light of our soul, but it also triggers our ego. So you always see like in natural disasters and especially times like this, a large influx of people like wanting to serve and be in the light and share and be empathetic. You see a lot of that. But at the same time, it also triggers our ego, the part that we want to complain and judge and be fearful and scared like the need for safety that we need to be responsible for it that part of the ego is like getting triggered the journey here is to learn how to become more and more emotionally free how do we expand into our soul where moods don't affect us like you know one of the biggest lessons that I've shared this in a previous podcast is being able to understand that I am not responsible for my child's mood. I do not have to enter their experience. It's like, you know, when a lot of times when I'm getting into power struggles with Ayan, the visualization is like we are two boats crashing with each other and it's like that's not helping anyone. Or when he's having an emotional storm like anger, what use is it if I jump on his boat and get into the choppy waters and join him in that? And it's like recognizing that I don't need to join your mood. It's like I can be the lighthouse. I am the lighthouse supporting you and guiding you from afar when you need help. I can be empathetic to you. I can understand you. So other people who are going through really difficulty, they're feeling angry, they're feeling grief, they're feeling lost. I can be the light and hold space for you, but I do not need to join your emotions. And it's the other way around too, that say your child's really excited and happy and playful, but like yesterday, for example, I had a headache all day and I just was not in a playful mood and I didn't guilt myself like, oh, I should be more playful and I should be more engaging. I should be most days when I'm really happy, I am down on the ground playing cars or doing whatever, but this was not available to me and I didn't guilt myself. I was like, you know what? I'm kind of in the rocky waters and I'm not going to bring you to my level. So it was very being mindful of like being responsible of our energy. And so, you know, changes and plans will happen and jarring rhythmic disruptions are a natural part of life, whether it's grief or loss or you know, like saying that you missed a flight and you're like, wait, I had all these plans. Like I'm going to miss my next flight. And what Matt Kahn talks about is like, you know, what adversity is, is that you can either look at it as a series of inconvenience inconveniences, but you're being forced to spend time in a place that you didn't plan to. So like in the instance of like the missed flight you're like okay well now I'm in an airport and I wasn't planning to be in an airport I was planning to be on my flight and get to 
the Bahamas. And so it's really important to start shifting our perspective of what we think of adversity is. Rather than looking at these surprises in life as an inconvenience, look at it as it's unexpected. And it's unexpected, I accept it, I don't have to like it, but I'm going to ride through it. What is my next step? And accept the feelings that arise. And just and I think that's a really big thing on the spiritual journey. You're like, oh, I can't feel anger. I can't feel, yes, like you can dislike something. But what Matt says in here, which is like my goal, is that he's like, he's gotten to the place where he dislikes things, but it doesn't have to project out in anger because he doesn't blame anyone or he doesn't point the finger at anyone. He doesn't judge. And so I think that's important. Like you can feel that intensity of impatience or anger, but it's like, how do we get to the place? I definitely am not there yet, but it's not a projection of that energy out. Like we can work the energy out. And so I've really been experimenting a lot to like do those um, mindful yoga posture that moves the intense energy of anger out or frustration out and being mindful of creating that space before we speak and doing those breathing resets, you know, certainly not perfect, but it's something that we can work our way up to. Anger does not have to be a projection that we put out there because it drains our energy. It deeply drains our energy and it makes us react in ways that are um, not the ways that we want to. And I love this uh, example in the book, um, what he talks about inconveniences and looking them, looking at them as simply like something unexpected and then pivoting. And, you know, I'm a big, this is us fan. And I guess so is Matt. And he said that, you know, there was a episode, it was leading up to the, the season finale. And he was like, put a reminder on his phone three days in advance. And then it was time to sit down and watch it. And the minute that he was supposed to watch it, his cable box blew out and he was like, Oh, that was unexpected. I guess I wasn't supposed to watch it today. So I guess instead I will go walk and I'll watch it some other day. And he's like, I wasn't happy about it because I was really looking forward to it, but I didn't put energy of that anger or blaming the the cable company or it was just like, all right, I'm going to pivot. What is my next thing that I can do? And that's what we really strive for. And I had my own personal experience of this happen recently, like last week. I had an interview and anytime I wear white, I always feel like I get something on it. So I had this nice white inner, white shirt for my live interview and I made these Brussels sprouts and I was opening up the teeny bottle and this never happened before, but it exploded. And when I mean exploded, it was on the ceiling, it was on the windows, it was on the lights, it was on every outs of the ca- the counter. It blew up in my face and it was like, you know, it was everywhere. It was all over the kitchen and my first instinct was not like oh f or like oh my gosh it was like I laughed and I was like wow that was a big shift for me because before I'd be like oh shoot or like you know or the s word or something like that and I just laughed and I had an interview there was my shirt it was like dirty and I was like all right I'm gonna clean up whatever I can and while I was cleaning up the floor a big blob from the ceiling fell on my head like like a bird pooping on me and I was like oh my gosh and I had this live interview and so I go upstairs and I and I look at myself for how big this explosion was it was very little on my face yes I had to change my shirt 
and then like cleaned out the stuff that was in my hair but I was very still largely presentable I was thinking I had to do my whole, my whole makeup again and stuff but it wasn't and then I thought about oh my gosh like the gratefulness like it didn't explode right in my eyes like the sense of that pressure that was in there I was so grateful it didn't like splatter or like on my eyes or like hurt me or like get on my face so much that I like had to take a shower again and I would have been late for my interview and the other really cool thing was is that there was all over the place and Chirag's computer was on the counter it literally the, the tahini went all around his computer but it was almost like there was a barrier around his computer and his computer was fine so when when he talks about like you know hardships can be fast-tracked through moments of thankfulness there's always a moment of bliss and gracefulness in every hardship and under that pressure I looked at that as like that was a test for me it's like under that pressure of something completely unexpected happening was I going to look at it as like oh this is a major inconvenience and then like huff and puff my way through it but I laughed and I didn't like blame or deflect or get upset or freak out I just was like all right what's the next thing I'm just gonna start cleaning up right and like just be like okay got on my white shirt I'm gonna wash it and so hardship is really just how your nervous system responds to it so when we talk about the nervous system that's what meditation and mindfulness is like helping us reset the nervous system and helping the part of our brain that's responsible for fight or flight the amygdala to start you know to start decreasing and then the prefrontal cortex to expand so that we can really have access to that logic minded self and that empathetic that emotional regulated self more often than not than just completely losing it when things don't go our way so change and loss is really an opportunity for renewal and yes it's going to break down certain things but continue to practice letting go of attachment I will be okay without this I will be okay without this person I will be okay I will be okay it's like building that faith-based consciousness and I think that when we start embodying that everything changes but it only changes you for the better then we really just lean into every experience that we have and realize okay there's something that I'm going to learn out of this and the way that you know Matt says in the book which I love he's like you know every challenge or adversity is helping you cultivate the opposite emotions so if you've experienced feelings of abandonment or rejectment rejection it's all about helping you cultivate inclusiveness whether it's accepting yourself or others or forgiveness heartbreak is helping you understand how to be whole betrayal is cultivating trust shame is helping you cultivate worthiness abuse in your experience is helping you learn how to cultivate compassion so anything that we experience in our reality we're not negating it it's just that these opportunities are trying to help us pivot and learn the opposite um, essence of it worthiness trust wholeness compassion so you know it's not about like oh we're a bad person and we just we don't deserve this or this is happening it's everything is just an opportunity for our human experience and existence to take the next level and you know every negative experience um, I truly believe that you can heal through it that you have the power and the capacity and if it's been brought to you, no, it's not about that you deserved it, but you are strong enough to overcome it. That was one 
instance or experience in your life, but you can move through it and you can cultivate the opposite vibrational experience within yourself should you choose to. So I really hope this serves you well of like understanding how to build that adaptability energy, how to build your resilience reserve so you're not being depleted, your energy is not being depleted consistently to the point that we're constantly reacting or our battery, you know, our phone, like say if there's like 10 things running at the same time on our phone and we have like 10% battery things slow down it's not efficient our phone's not as fast and that's what you know we have to start recognizing these patterns in ourselves and just let go of the control guys let go of the control free consciousness move out of that limited self and really step into your higher self your faith-based self this ability that i can handle anything and continue to keep taking inspired action today thank you so much i really hope this continues to serve you as we ride through these intense emotions of this time and i i know you can i'm always here to serve you and i really hope on may 9th at 1 p.m eastern standard time i see you we can connect And it would just be such an honor as we've been riding through this tough time together to just support each other in the biggest way with the most important tools that we and our families need. So definitely sign up meditationforkidsbook.com. And if you love this episode, please share it with your mama bestie. Share it on Instagram. Tag me at Thajal V. Patel. And of course, if you love it, please leave a review. That is the best way that other people can find out about us. And I'm so, so excited. I actually found out last week that the Time and Talks podcast has made the top 200 list for some of the biggest categories like global religion and spirituality, um, parenting, um, kids and family. So really thank you so much for your support this was a deep passion project that's given me so much like fulfillment and such very been therapeutic for me too i'll be very honest so thank you so much for your support and this really just continues to inspire this wisdom to be heard by the right people but also to for us to connect on a deeper level have a beautiful day guys bye until next week